Welcome to The Mystic and the Skeptic, the show that asks the tough questions and explores different alternatives to today's pressing issues, theories, or enigmas. Join us in an exploration of the mystic skeptic mind space. In this week's show, we have a special treat for our listeners. Our reoccurring guest is Roy Rodriguez. Orale. Uh, he comes every year to um, have a conversation with me for my birthday as we are finishing up our third season. Uh, we've done comedy and tragedy, comedy and controversy, and now we're doing comedy and cynicism. Uh, so can you explain to our, our listeners, you just said orale, what does orale mean in, in Spanish? Orale is like a form of surprise. Like I'm surprised being you've done the show for three years. And you managed to lose three listeners since you started when you only have five. It's <laughs> <laughs> like when Speak Gonzalez would say, Arriba, Arriba. Arriba, Arriba. It's the same thing for the most part. Yeah, it just depends. It depends how white you are and how you want to. Uh, no, no real Mexican says Arriba. Well, let's talk about that because. There's a, there's a podcast called, um, what is it called? Mitote? Have you, ever, have you ever heard that term? So, and a lot of the Latino writers and Latino Chicano activists, they'll pick a word that is common among, um, you know, I guess, um, what do you call it? Urban people in, in Latin America or in Mexico, and they'll run with it. And mitote is like you say that when people are like gossiping or stirring up a trouble or something. So they'll just use a word that like is not even that well known and they'll throw it out there. So how would we call, what should we call the show if we did a, a Spanish Chicano style um, program instead of, of, of this type of a show? No, I I don't know. Nothing, nothing comes to mind. You know, uh, some people, I think they use, they lean on being Hispanic so much as a gimmick, and it just falls flat, you know? Okay, well, today, uh, McMaster, or one of um, uh, the current president's um, uh, officials said that the reason that they are shutting down T TPS is the, um, it's like a special permit for people who were part of a hurricane or an earthquake in Latin America, and they had protected status, they're shutting it down because people from Nicaragua and El Salvador do not assimilate to American culture. Do you agree with that statement? Uh, I don't, what is considered American culture? It sounds like a weak excuse to get rid of them. It, it just, what is American culture? How... How do we assimilate? You know, I'm American, though I don't know if I assimilate to American culture. By by what? By, by practicing my own? Or by my heritage? Well, they have to they have to eat Cheetos, watch the Avengers, um, drink Miller Lite, and uh, and like go clubbing. <laughs> I guess I don't assimilate to American culture. So I, I, but, you know, they used to say that about, about the Irish, the Italians, the Polish. Like, it took years for them to 
pretty much model themselves with the rest of the of the population so that's what they want they want people to lose their identity and then uh, i know people that would say that american culture is on the decline and there's actually no american culture so they have to uh, what is american culture like you mean white culture like i have a lot of white friends and everything man but you know what what do you what even they like what what's what's considered white culture American culture to one white person might be something different to another, so I don't see how you're supposed to assimilate something that doesn't exist, something that there's no agenda. it's just it's just a way so they could words they could use to kick them out so my my conservative friend was saying that you know apple pie and waving like the flag. And like that, that's being an, an, a patriot. And then he was watching Star Wars, uh, the latest one. Uh, we already did a show on The Last Jedi. And he felt that the movie was too multicultural. That uh, they have to have a representative from different races. And they have to have people from all different types of groups to make sure nobody gets offended. And, and I'm like, so you were happy with like no representation of Hispanics and like one woman in the whole movie? That was cool. Hey, there's a chew there's a chewy. There's a Hispanic. There's Chewy. He's been in all of them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's Chewy, Chewbacca. He's just a he's just a dirty Honduran. It doesn't say <laughs> So so then I said, Okay, fine, so you go the other way and now you you don't have anybody that people can relate to the the one ethnic character he betrays han and and luke and then and it did seem like in rogue one where they were overcompensating like they have a hispanic or mexican actor and he's still um you know he shoots people in the back and like he does like stereotypical things so because that's what we do if you had money and we're worth, and we're worth robbing, I'd probably shoot you, David, in the back. Let's go out and get a beer. <laughs> that's what we do. We portray people. We're like, I don't know. That's that's what Mexicans have. You're either a lowrider, some kind of cholo in the movie, or a gangster or the drug dealer, man. You know? Rarely do I see us reflected in good light. And if it is, it's like some over-the-top stuff like machete you know but i don't hear on that i like machete yeah i like machete and i like robert rodriguez and stuff man but it, 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 hollywood in general just the way that we cast it you know do you think that gangster culture is in a way um appropriating or reclaiming the stereotype like if they think you're a thug i'm happy to be a thug if they think you're a criminal uh, we're gonna romanticize being naughty or whatever like do you think that that's people like if they're already going to judge me and, and pre uh prejudge like my actions i'm just going to do it like with style and and benefit from it no because i think that's that's constantly evolving it's just it's ignorance man it's plain ignorance and i i don't see how anybody is thinking about that when they're leading that, I guess, thug lifestyle or whatever. 
Like it just evolved into into this ridiculousness now of like have you seen that rapper Takishi Nine? He's a Mexican and his hair is colored like a rainbow. And it's like that's 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 what kids hear now. That's considered those or whatever. It's just ridiculous, man. It's I don't like it. It's ignorance and I just I don't pay attention to it. So, so what's a what's a, a good stereotype for you, uh, or a good um, uh, role model for you, growing up in America? In America, other than my dad, you know, I always everyone should look up for most part to their dad, and uh, other than my pop. But I guess as far as action heroes, I didn't look to my culture or my uh, people as a kind of role model because they didn't exist. It didn't exist until uh, they made that movie, Blood In, Blood Out. There was no Mexican hero to look up to or whatever. And so I would grow up like role model Sylvester Stallone, I guess, in the cinema world. Well, that's the thing. Um, most um, like famous, famous actors are actually not the typical American, like Al Pacino... Stallone, Robert De Niro, they're like very, very Italian. And then you have Arnold that is like Austrian, uh, Dolph Lundgren that is he German? He's a uh, Swedish. Swedish. So it turns out that what what they call American is not really that American. Very Chuck Norris. No, because it's just the melt. It's, it's the melt. Yeah, see the. The only one from Texas. He's from Texas, right? From Houston. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's American. <laughs> He's always at gallery furniture. He was. I still can't believe there was an episode of uh, Walker Texas Ranger where he dresses up like a Mexican. Really, I didn't know that. He he dyes his beard black and he wears like checkered shirt and he goes undercover with um, migrant workers. There's a there's a movie like that and uh it was with Charles Bronson and he he was like a, a border agent and he went undercover as like a, a and he was sneaking across the border with all them. And so it's a <laughs> I gotta look that one up because it's funny that uh, Charles Bronson was um, was like Eastern European Jew, and he looked he he looked like like very rough uh, Italian or some type of uh, I don't know. He looked Hispanic to me. I always thought he was until you know when I was a kid. So I got older. Like, no, he ain't Mexican. Oh, yeah, Jew. There's another movie where he he's he's like the. Vigilante of of New York, um, they they show um, a poor Jewish couple uh, going down the street and they get robbed by a, a Hispanic assailant, and and it's like it's the guy with a bandana and with like a a knife that like you press a button and it sticks out and he's like hey give me the money, so then Charles Bronson goes after him and beats him up, and I'm like come on man like every stereotype they could find. There's no such thing as a poor Jewish couple. That's so fake. <laughs> and by the way, not we don't want our audience to get mad. Um, 
I'm Jewish myself, so um, we're kind of playing around with ideas. But uh, w what do you think regarding um, stereotypes? Do you think that they become ingrained in the culture because of like how often they end up being true? Or is it just a hateful way to judge people and come up with uh, ways to make fun of them? I think that like stereotypes, like the worst part about them is being kept, and that's the way you're judged. Like, uh, I just quit my job. I worked for a certain grocery store in the meat department, and I felt like the department manager was racist because I was there, I was working hard, doing my job, but he told me I was getting nothing done, and I looked like I don't know what I'm doing. And I said, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing because this is my third day here. And you don't, you haven't trained me, and I'm doing what you say. So he was just a jerk, man. And then, like, I go to school. He saw what days I go to school and still schedule me on those days, like, purposely. I think he tried to run me off, and I'm not going to stay there and, and fight for a silly-ass silly job like that. So I I quit. I said, man, you know, I, I don't even bother. And I called in, said, hey, I resigned. <laughs> and they said, we're going to bring in a letter, right? Like, the lady didn't want to hear it. I complained about the manager, and uh, the store manager didn't want to hear it, man. Just, you need to bring in a letter. You need to bring in a letter. So I'm like, man, help that store. I, I, I don't want to say it's me. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want people really knowing who I am. But that's that's what it was, man. It starts with an H, and it, and it ends with a B. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Hogan. Yeah, whole group. Yeah, hell with that story. Sorry. I don't like them. I don't like the way I was treated there. But, um, so, so that thing, like, they don't train you and they expect you to know how to do things. And then when you don't, they're like, oh, I knew that, you know, you guys don't. don't. Well, well, I think it was more of he just didn't want another one. Because he had other Mexicans working in his department. And they all had complaints about that guy saying he's racist, but they really kept working there. I just, I don't even want to put up with the man. I can't, I can't lift this all day, throwing meats around. Oh, thank you. Well, well, I think it was more of he just didn't want another one. Because he had other Mexicans working in his department, and they all had complaints about that guy saying he's racist, but they really kept working there. I just, I don't even want to put up with the man. Thank you got back. Like I'm some Mexican, Mexican. <laughs> I'm a Mexican. I can't lift this all day. Throwing meat around. Oh, thank you. Well, let me ask you this. You know, you know, I came from Mexico at age 15. And, you know, the impression that I got from, from television was that we were done with racism and prejudice and that this was the land of opportunity. And then I get here and the same crappy jobs that people were doing 50 years ago, 100 years ago, is the same people doing the same jobs. And and I started asking myself, is it like a perpetual thing where people, they get stuck and they can't get out of that, those type of uh, service-based jobs? Is it that because they don't have that many resources, their kids can't go to college, so they end up inheriting the same professions? Or is it that um, the, the people, um, 
are not living up to their full potential and they're not seeing the opportunities they have here as compared to other places? I think it's a little bit of both, you know? It's a, it's not one or the other. It's just a mixture of both. Because uh, you have to look for them and uh, find resources to go back to school myself. You know, I can't just lean on my folks or whatever. And I, luckily I did, you know, and it was through the government. And so, I mean, you know, whether if, you, if they see they're in a bad situation and they're coming of age at age 18 and and they're legal citizens, I mean, it doesn't matter to me if they're legal citizens or not, but I mean, if you really need a way out, you know, there's always the military. It's just, there's always, there's different ways about it. You just, you just have to look for it, you know. But, I mean, some people, maybe they're content. Uh, maybe that trade is passed on from the drywaller to the sun, you know, the hang sheet rock or whatever. You know, they want to be laborers, too. So, like I said, it's a mixture of both, I think. You can't put it on just one. And is there, uh, like, a thing in certain cultures about being more servile and not having um, the ability to, like, speak out or stand up for yourself? Because, you know, I'm ashamed to say this, but my grandfather, who... Uh, raised my dad in Chicago. He was an assistant me- mechanic for 30 years. And, and my my dad would make fun of him. He's like, he would be the guy that would, the mechanic would say, hey, pass me the wrench. And that was his job. And and maybe it was a language issue. Maybe it was him being timid. But um, he, he either he never had a chance to, to move forward with his career or he was too scared to be assertive uh and that drove my dad to be more um hands-on and more uh of a go-getter than than his his pop so um do you think that that has plays a role too like how uh, the personality of the person and, and and their their willingness to to thrive in the in this and their influence uh from like their father figures or whatever because, you know, like, you know, you're driving, I think all fathers want their sons to do better than them. I know I want my son to do better than me. And like my father wants me to do better than him, you know? It's just a matter of influence, I think. And, yeah, it is up to individual, too, because there's lazy people who don't want to do nothing, man. You know, they're out there. They try not to be, but I, I, I think it's a matter of the individual. Well, let me ask you this. So, uh, you want your kid to do better than you, and I know you've had struggles, but let's say that your your child grows up and he says, you know, Dad, I want to be a, a, a classic uh, musician or I want to be uh, a portrait painter or a, a, a drama teacher. Uh, how are you going to react to something that is not very lucrative? Well, that's your first. He tells me he wants to be a drama teacher, so I'm equal. I don't accept that lifestyle. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, I, I would never want my son uh, growing up to say I held him back from it, everything, anything. Like, we have this back and forth now. He's only 10, but he thinks he wants to join the Marines. And I'm like, you know, I'm working. I'm going to school so I get a good job, give you a good, you know, uh, like, fund for college. So you don't have to do that. But at the same time, when he's 18, he is his own man. He's an adult, and I don't want him going through life living with regret and putting that regret 
the blame on me because, like, I held him back. So he's my son, and I'm going to support him on whatever he wants to do as long as it's legal, as long as it's not drugs. That's, you know, that's how fathers should be, man. If he wants to play guitar, okay, but, you know, there's struggles that come with it, and I'm, I'm his dad. I always help him. So uh, I support him. You support him no matter what, but let me ask you this. Um, when I came to this country, another thing that I thought it was weird is how it's a given that parents are supposed to save to send their kids to college and that um, you're like a bad parent if you don't do that or if you don't have the ability to do that. And I'm like, why can't the kids pay for their own school? What if you pay for it and they don't appreciate it and they they you know spend it par partying and not caring about their career, um, then you're going to feel uh, cheated and you could have used that money for something else or, you know, you busted your butt for your kid and they're being ungrateful. So what about, you know, they're turning 18, it's up to them to figure out how they're going to take care of their own uh, education. All I could do is just tell them, you know, that's all you can do. But people are going to, when they're 18, they're adults, they're going to make their own choices, whether good or bad. And I'm sure it's going to be bad. No one has made a bunch of good choices. Lord knows I haven't. And I had, you know, people, my parents guiding me and everything. So it, if he does wrong, well, that's, he has to learn from his mistakes, you know, and I can only do so much. So I can do, I don't do so much, but I can do my best, you know, to influence him. Uh, support him and just be there, you know, when he falls down to help him get up. I remember resenting my parents because a lot of the people I knew, their parents helped them somehow, like maybe not paid for the whole thing, but gave them uh, some resources. And, and, I, and I had to pay for everything myself. And then one day my dad was like, well, you know, you get free housing. And you know, every time you need a vehicle I've been I've helped you find one or I paid the down payment or whatever so that's one thing if you can't you can't you know and if you want to really go to college and you'll find a way to work you know you may not get that degree in four years but you could get it you know taking one class here or two classes a semester paying on your own at the same price you wanted like a, a PlayStation 4 or you know, uh, you want to pay full price for a, a smartphone, you know, a tuition semester for half, uh, two classes, you know. If, you, if you're really driven, you, you get it done, you'll find a way. And so. Well, let, let me ask you, is college overrated in your eyes or, or there's no way that you can get to where you are without having the right ed education? I think it's very overrated. Uh, you're better off learning a lucrative trade. Uh, right now, I'm going to school, but um, it's it's college. It's a degree, but it's for process. You know, uh, in industry, industry, it's always there, and so it's a trade. Something like electrical is a trade. You know, everyone's always in electricity, plumbing. Uh, construction. So, it, if you just go and like waste your time, like getting like, like a psychology degree, a bachelor's, what are you gonna do with that? Like, who really needs that? 
I think it's more of a, it's better off getting something that's in demand that people always need. Like college isn't a total way. Like you want to be a lawyer, it's good because people are always going to need a lawyer. Just something that's always going to be in demand. That's what people should do. Not just go waste it getting a sociology degree or something like that, which I was trying to major in. And I thought, yeah, it'd be all good just to have a degree, but is it really worth anything if you're not making any money off of it? I don't think so. Let me ask you this. Uh, I don't know if you've been keeping up with the news, but it turns out that the doctors that are um, working for the current president, I won't even mention his name, um, they've been lying about his health and 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 in having the patient dictate what what their health bill should be, and then the attorneys uh, are funneling money and um, doing transactions with with uh, people of low reputation and 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 moving money around between corporations and Russian interests. How come nobody's saying, hey? Uh, you know, everything that both of these um, professions are doing is not only illegal, but it is um, unethical. So they should take away their license and disbar them from their profession. Nobody has brought that up. Everybody, I guess, assumes that both doctors and lawyers are corrupt. And, and I'm like, whatever happened to holding people accountable for the profession? I think since they're under that umbrella of the presidency, they're going to be fine. They can do whatever they want. Nothing's going to happen to them as long as it's in the president's favor. Then do what he says, you know. So there's ways around things. The law doesn't apply to everybody, and that's the sad part of this country. You know, our, our justice system, our, the, the, the justice system is pay for play, you know. If you have enough money, you can do whatever. And so that's that's what it is, man. They're under Trump's money, so they're gonna they're they're fine. They, they can do whatever. They'll walk away. Hell, he does whatever and doesn't get in any trouble. So thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Mystic and the Skeptic. Yeah.